Welcome to the Discipleship Podcast with Pastor Pablo Martinez. We truly believe disciples aren't born, they are made. If your desire is to grow, renew your mind, and go to the next level in the way you live for God, this podcast is for you. Pastor Pablo will be sharing the real heart of a disciple through tough but transformational truths that are sure to confront us. These truths will lead us into establishing the kingdom of God in our lives. Now is the time. Grab your pen, a notebook, and your Bible. It's time to get formed. Awesome. I want to, um, last week, what did we talk about last Friday? You guys remember that Formation Friday? What was it about? Root of bitterness, yes. And then we finished it on Sunday, right? Um, and I can tell you this has been one of the most, this weekend, last weekend, I, keep, I kept on getting message after message, text message, phone calls of people that were blessed by uprooting that root of bitterness. Any of you guys were blessed by that message last week? Yeah. Awesome, awesome. It's, a, it's amazing to see what the Word of God does. And, and it was really, really beautiful because it wasn't just, you know, Friday. It was Sunday as well. And new people, people that heard the message online. And I just want to tell you, I believe because there's such a need, such a need uh, for us to deal with bitterness. I want to extend that a little bit more and not necessarily talk about bitterness, but how to, uh, once that root of bitterness is out, how to completely make sure that it doesn't come back. Or if it's not fully out, how to kill it all the way. I have a, a, a strong, strong conviction of what I'm about to preach. Uh, it can really, truly transform your family. I want to pray that as you listen to this message, you're not listening to a sermon you're listening to the word of God. I can't change you. I don't want to. I'm not that. I've learned something early in my pastorship, I guess you can say, is that I don't change people. I can't. It's too frustrating. People are frustrating, for real. <laughs> you expect change and they're changing and all of a sudden they turn, like, change back. You're like, what in the world is happening? You were doing so good. And, and, and you know, it can be really frustrating. I realize, God, I can't change anybody. I don't want to change anybody. It is you who changes people. It is you. By the way, it's Jesus who died on the cross for you, not me. So I'm just really, really happy about that, 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 that it's him. So allow his word and his words to bless you and to change you. Amen? Cool? Awesome. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to share with you um, uh, two parts. Also, it's, I'm going to start today. I'm going to finish on Sunday. And by the way, next Friday, we have uh, Frank and Alba. They're going to be preaching together as a couple here. Woo! about relationships, so it's going to be really, really, really fun and good. And then uh, Sunday, next Sunday, we have George Godoy sharing the Word of God also. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. And um, because uh, your pastors are going to be in Panama, uh, Nadia, as you guys know, my sister-in-law is getting married. It's been a long, long journey. Awesome. Uh, long journey with all the COVID airports closing, you know, his, his, her husband was in Argentina and so he had to go to Panama. It was this intense, intense, we had to reschedule flights, cancel things, venues, but now she's finally getting married and they're watching us today all the way from Panama. So we love you guys very much and uh, we're just really, really excited to be there with you. What a journey of love. Uh, anyway, but all this to say, we're going to preach about joy. You guys ready? All right, cool, cool, cool. Let's do this. Uh, I'm excited. Open up the Bible to Philippians. Philippians, so Philippians chapter 4, Philippians, if you ever, if you ever want to read a part in the Bible that can just encourage you and, and, and just refresh your spirit, go to Philippians. Philippians is one of my most favorite parts of the scripture. You could read the entire book of Philippians in like 20 minutes. 
It's a really, really short, short part of the Bible. It is beautiful. It's there where you find I could do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Exactly, who strengthens me. But we're going to go to Philippians chapter 4. Now, as you get there, I want to begin by a simple experience kind of to explain to you why I decided to preach on this. I had a conversation yesterday with someone and this person had a kid on the background. Now, listen, that kid was going nuts. Like, it wasn't like a baby was crying. It was like, I was worried about him. Like, should I, should I, do you need help? Like, cops, holy water? You know, like, do you need something? This guy was struggling. And it wasn't like in the beginning of the phone call. It was the entire phone call. Like, this poor guy, I felt so bad for him. You know, I was on the phone and I was like, uh, uh, do you want me to call you back? No, no, it's okay, it's okay. Ah, ah. I was like, Boom, boom, just kidding. You know, it was like, it was really, really scary. And I was like, oh man, as soon as I hung the phone up, only and I looked at it, she was like, whoa. Now, mind you, she's pregnant. Yeah, like that. Mind you, I'm just kidding. Now, she's pregnant and now we have, and we have two boys. So we know it's coming. It's, it wasn't like I was knocking this guy. I just know what it's like. Like, I know the feeling of, oh man, like, I don't want that for anyone. <laughs> you know, I, and it reminded me of a moment where my brother-in-law, he wasn't my brother-in-law yet. Um, he, you know, <laughs> he's laughing because he knows exactly the moment I'm talking about, right? I had just had my baby, right? Uh, Elijah was like, was it Hosi or Elijah? It was Hosi. Of course it was Hosi. Hosi is awesome, right? So Hosi was, was born and, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm so happy to be a dad, you know? And he came over to, to see Hosi. He was like, like a like 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 tiny he was so small like a little football right and I'm over there trying to like you know I'm his pastor and I'm trying to you know like just kind of show him the joy of being a father I'm like it's so awesome being a dad he comes in and in a matter of like what was it like four minutes that you were there man four minutes the baby pooped on me threw up on me didn't stop crying it was like it was so bad like the it was almost like he reserved nine months to just all dump it in four minutes. I was like, are you, it was, Chris, how was it? Really bad, like bad. I just, it was the shortest visit he's ever done, like ever, ever in his life. He came in, he came, he saw, he's like, oh, all right, pastor, well, I'll see you later. Okay. I was like, no, wait. <laughs> he's like, I'll see you later, okay. He's like, okay, I'll, yeah, yeah, well, he's so beautiful, bye. I was like, no, it's not that bad, I promise. I'm making sure that he wants to have kids on the road. You know, back then he was dating my sister. And I'm like, what? It's not that bad. But it really was really bad, you know. And I'm trying to get him to have kids. I'm like, it's really, really not. I'm, I'm thinking they're delaying it partly because of those four minutes. Like, they don't have kids because Chris is like, uh-uh, I know what it's like. Have you ever seen someone be a parent and it's so bad that you don't want to have kids? Like, even if it's for those five minutes, you're like, that's. Why I'm not going to have kids. You ever seen that? Anybody? No? Yeah? Okay, thank you. Chris is not alone. Okay, listen. Have you ever seen somebody be married and it looks so miserable that you're like, uh-uh. I, I mean, I want to get married, but it's not like that. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like you see people that are doing something and it looks so miserable. You don't want to do it. And I, I got really, really spoke to me about this. And it was like, you know something, joy, it's exactly the same way. Joy is such a blessing in your life. It's such an, it's like a kid, man. A kid is such a, I mean it. 
I love being a dad. It's such a fun thing. It's a beautiful thing. Congratulations to all of you who are pregnant. It's a beautiful thing. And who are going to have kids is awesome. I love being a dad. It's not easy, but it really, no matter what it looks like, it really is awesome. I just want to tell you this, though. So many times, so, so many times, we don't think that joy is something that God commands us to have. Because if we don't have it, we are bad advertisement for him. Like if you are a believer and you're not a joyous believer, you're a really bad commercial for a relationship with him. Like honestly, you're like, you know, you, you were like a walking billboard of what it means to have a relationship with God. And if your relationship with God is so miserable and you look like you're really not, like you look like me in those four minutes, then people are not going to want what you have. Am I making sense? Yes? So how in the world do you and I deal with a world full of trouble, full of unexpectedness in a time such as these? In moments of difficulty, how in the world can we have joy? How do we not become bitter in moments when, to be honest, it would be justified? I believe that God wants to give us these keys because he loves us. Because he doesn't just want us to be good commercials for him, but because he wants us to truly be joyous. What a blessing it is for people to see my kids and to see them happy and enjoying being my kids. See, one of my goals is that when they grow up, their friends will say, oh man, nah, let's hang out in your house. One of my goals would be that they would say, oh man, how come you got those parents? That sucks. Does that make sense? Like, it's not fair. Why did you? That's one of my goals. Why is that one of my goals? Because I, that gives me honor. It gives you honor. If you, if you think about it like this, if your kids enjoy being yours, like what a great joy it is. But have you ever thought about that in your relationship with God? Sometimes it's so difficult to witness, to share the love of God with people because you don't look in love. You know, there's a lot of people getting married in this church. I don't know if you guys don't, if you're, if you're not getting married, you're thinking no one's getting married. But there's a lot of people getting married. Like I'm happy, there really is people getting married, really. Like in two weeks, somebody's getting married. In a few months, somebody's getting married. Somebody else is getting married. Like this marriage is happening around you, right? Just because you're thirsty doesn't mean nobody else is drinking. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, listen, listen. It is happening. It's going on. People are getting married. It's a beautiful thing. I'm not playing. You know what? We decided early on, Emily and I, in this church, we're going to love being married we're gonna love family we're gonna we're gonna as a matter of fact to be very honest the name cff doesn't make sense in english at all like what's cff uh central familiar day faith like what is it center for the faith and family that's the best way you can say center for faith. we couldn't come up with a name as a matter of fact honestly this name is not really a good name for a church it sounds like a rehab center like you ever been at centro familiar de Fe? It's like no it's not like a cool name like the refinery or something hipster like that, you know? But we decided we haven't changed the name because we love what it stands for, right? A center for faith and family. We know, we know there's like an epicenter. Oh, that's a good name, epicenter for the church. I'm just kidding. Anyway, we'll see. It's a nice and hipster, right? It's like goes with Tom's. But I guess sometimes we think about church, this church, and we're like, God, give us a name. Give us something like, a, you know, that, that people can really be proud of. I go to that church with that cool name. Instead of the church, it sounds like a rehab. 
Why am I telling you this? Because look, what it stands for is powerful. So we can't get around it yet. Like not yet. Help us out. If you come up with a good one, we'll pray about it. We'll fast on it. But we listen, listen, listen. We made sure from the very beginning that the families that come to this ministry will be strong, will remain, will not only withstand man, but they will thrive. That there will be a joy. Amen. That nothing, I'm telling you, no one that steps into this place will have an excuse on why their marriage failed. No one here. Why? Because we believe 100% that if the marriage changes, if families strengthen, then our society is strong. But if the, the nucleus of society breaks down, then everything else falls apart. See, God, the first institution, the first government he designed, which one was it? It was the family. That was the first way he would govern human beings through family. Why is that important? Because today, more than ever, we must enjoy being a family. We must enjoy Having our marriage, our, our husbands, our wives, our sons, our daughters, having each other. We must enjoy being children of God. Listen, today is an amazing night for us to learn the joy of being children of God. I want to share with you this. It says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. It's the only time in the Bible that God gives you a commandment. And he has to repeat it to you. Like in the Ten Commandments, he's going to say, Thou shalt not kill. Don't kill. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not you know, uh, bear false witness. By the way, did I say don't bear witness? He doesn't do that. It is only in this part of the Bible, it is only here that he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Hey, I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. It's so important that God wants to make sure that you know this is not an option. You ever done that before? Like, Give a commandment to somebody in your family, some of the kids, or maybe your, your younger sibling. And you have to repeat it to make sure they got it. Because it's so important. Like, don't forget to turn off the beans. They'll burn. <laughs> don't forget. Yes? You, did you close it? Yeah, you, you lock it? Yeah, I locked it. You locked it, though. Yes, you locked it. Right? Why is this important? Because it is, it is God saying this. I have to make sure you have no excuse on not doing it. Point number one. Joy is not an option. Joy is a commandment. And how many of us think of joy as something you have to do? Like this is a commandment from God. I got no option. I can't see your smiling faces, but I'm sure all of you are smiling right now underneath those, those face things. Right? Why? Because you're talking about joy. But listen, how many of you guys break this commandment constantly? Well, by the way, how many of us actually call each other out on breaking this commandment? How many, when was the last time someone came up to you and said, hey, bro, you're breaking that commandment. Why are you so down? Matter of fact, I remember one time I called one of our disciples out <laughs> for not being happy. And he was like, where is this coming from? Like, you don't understand me. Like, you don't understand. Right? I remember one time one guy was fasting. We were in Colombia. And we were the whole group, 100 and something people in the room. And you could tell he was fasting. Like you could tell the guy was fasting. And I was like, dude, you're making it look like following Jesus sucks. And following Jesus is not that bad. Like it's actually pretty amazing. And the breakthrough that comes through fasting, hey man, it's something you look forward to. So I said, wipe it off your face, smile, rejoice. Now I'm not saying you fake it till you make it. All I'm saying is this. You must learn and I must learn. We must continuously under, like, remember that rejoicing in the Lord 
is a commandment. Why is it important? I repeat it to you from the very beginning. It is because when you don't rejoice, when you're not happy, why would anybody else want to be with you in that same journey? Why would somebody else want to be married? You know why so many people want to get married in this church? Because we have happy marriages. That's not a secret. It's a fact. It's like a fact of life. I'm telling you. Listen, we have happy marriages. People love each other. I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm not saying the smooth ride always. But even through the tough times, even through those difficult moments, you can see the Lord in it. Listen, why would anybody else want to get married in our church if we as pastors or the leaders of this church just don't like being married or miserable or are being unfaithful or not loving each other or, or just not even giving each other a place that they deserve? Two weeks ago, Eoni preached and it was funny because she tells me to preach short, but she took it. She took it a long time. So I got stuff on her. But it was really, really cool because I'm like, Eoni, you've just been building it up for years. Now, you, for months, now you got to just do it more often. You'll do it much less. She's like, no, I think I'll just go along every time. I was like, no, 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 you know. But it was such a joy for me, such a joy to receive, sit down and receive from my wife. I honor her so much. I mean it. She's not just my wife. When she steps onto this podium, she's my pastor. Why am I telling you this? Because I receive from her. Now, this is weird to some of you who don't honor your wife. And when she speaks, you think she's just some, some hyena, some lady, some, some boo. You think she's just the girl that you married? The one that caught you? Man, she is, listen, an authority in your life. She's someone who has wisdom. In the same way, wives, when you honor your husbands. Why am I talking about this? Because if you do it right, others are going to want it. If you do it well, others will want to multiply it. You have little kids, right? Little kids can have their toys and, and they may be having, you know, this toy, this wonderful, incredible toy. Another kid has just the box. But the kid with the box starts having so much fun with the box. Oh, the box. And he's loving it. It's so big. Gets in it. It's like a box, like a house. And the other kid drops the toy. And what does he want? The box. Why? Because he's enjoying it. It's just the box. It's not the toy. But he's loving the box. We need to learn to love the box. Amen. Now, I'm not calling your marriage a box. I'm just saying you need to learn to enjoy whatever God gives you. Amen. Let's keep going a little more. Now, I believe that this is not the way it will always be, by the way. It doesn't mean that just because you have something, you have to make excuses for it in order to be happy about it. I'm talking about this. I'm talking about the joy of the Lord. That joy that you allow to come from thanksgiving, that joy that you have, it gives you the power to make it better. It gives you the power to grow it. It gives you the power for that thing to be transformed. I'm telling you, joy is one of the most incredible, most exhilarating things in life. Joy is this, is the fuel for your future. Joy, I'm telling you, joy gives you the power to create. You know, creative people. I don't know if you know this. Google is one of the most incredible companies to work for, they say. They say that when you step in there, you could bring your kids, you could bring your pet. They have a gym in there, nonstop food all the time. I'm like, what? That, I never worked in a place like that. Like, you know, like, oh, I'm not going to come in for the next month. I'll be back on January. Like, it's, it's like this really relaxed, fun thing. Why? Because they want to foster creativity. When you do things and they're just not fun, creativity goes down. You know, it's crazy because in our lives, God made us creative. God made us powerful. God made us 
people that can do incredible things, but we lose the joy of doing something, even if it's something wonderful. How fun it is. I'm telling you seriously, how fun is it to you? How much do you actually enjoy what God has put into your hands? Even if it's something small, guys. Even if it's an ugly, beat-up bucket car. Do you say, I love this car. I'm not going to live in it my whole time. I'm not going to be here. I'm just not going to be my only car. But you have to learn to love what God gave you at the moment. There's a difference, and I've talked about this before. Settlement, like just settling and being content. Be content with what God has given you. Enjoy it. Thank God. Now, don't settle there. Keep on growing. Keep on going. Amen. Let me keep going a little bit more. Give God a round of applause. Why not? Let's do it. So the number one reason we need to have joy is because we need to be obedient. It's a commandment. Amen. It's a commandment. We need to obey God in it. Number two reason that we need to have joy so that others will want what we have. We just covered this. So that others will want what we have. Third reason, and to me, this is one of the most beautiful and most important, is because he saved us. It says in Psalm 51, King David says, Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Then others will turn from their wicked ways. Meaning then others, then I will tell others, I'll rebuke others, I'll tell other people to come and walk with you. Literally what it says is this, restore to me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. I was watching, uh, have you ever seen it before? Like where you have Christians or you know people that love God and they're talking to somebody else about God in just a way that you're like, oh man, you're making us look bad, bro. Like just, you know what I'm saying? In an angry way. I saw this, this, oh man, I'm like, don't do it. You're making it worse. Like instead of coming at them, like God would come at them. Meeting a need, caring. Now sometimes you do need to confront. I mean, sometimes you do need to just be straight up. But a lot of the times it's simply approaching with the love of God. You know, it's his kindness that led me to repentance. The Bible says it's your kindness, Lord, that leads us to repentance. Now, I'm not saying we're soft or we start changing our stance just to meet the, you know, the like or dislike of somebody else. I'm simply saying sometimes some people share salvation as though it was just fire insurance. And these people don't even know there's a fire. Sometimes people share salvation as though it was just insurance so you don't go to hell. That's not what it is. Salvation is incredible. Some people don't rejoice in their salvation. I cannot stand it. I don't understand it. When true believers, people that have been saved by Christ, are not happy. I don't understand it when they're not joyous. I don't get it. It's hard for me. Really hard. Not because I don't go through stuff. Not because you don't go through stuff. Because sometimes it just takes reminding yourself, understanding, realizing that joy comes from an eternal place. Not like happiness from what is happening. Does that make sense? Joy comes from an eternal place and not from what is happening like happiness. Sometimes, guys, sometimes we have to simply stop and say, God, thank you for my salvation. Put it like this. Whitney, well, the, uh, not too long ago, we went on a trip and uh, Whitney did us a huge favor to house sit. Now, I didn't know what house sitting was a long time ago. Then I learned what house sitting was. See, where I would go, house-sitting is just double-lock everything. You know, put the car really tied up to the garage just in case so they don't break open your garage and take your stuff. You guys know what I'm talking about? Tell your neighbors. That's what house-sitting is like. We call that the gossipy lady next to you. She's Mosa. And she just looks. And that's, that's what house-sitting is for, for me. 
But then I was, I learned about house sitting. It's a wonderful thing. It's an incredible thing. It really, really is. It's like you're so much more relaxed because you come back and your plants are not dead. Like the fish is still swimming. You know, it's amazing. Like Whitney house-sitted for us and it was so cool, man. When we came back, Eunice's plants were better than when Eunice's there. It was, don't tell her. I'm kidding. I'm out of, your plants are awesome. You know, uh, <laughs> I'm in trouble now. I enjoy being married to you. I really do. So, so you know, listen, her, our plants were like glowing. Our house didn't smell like little kids live in it. You know, little kids stink, like boys especially. Little boys are just, woo, right? Our house smelled good. It was like oil scent, like, you know, those scents that Whitney loves. It was a beauty. It was like perfect. I'm like, man, this is awesome. So I really was thankful. I was like, thank you, Whit. Thank you so much. We were really thankful. Now, that's one level of thanksgiving. But imagine, just imagine, if we come home and our bills are paid. Come on now. I'd be really thankful. What if I come home and our oil change on the car has been changed, right? We've got oil changes on the car. What if I come home? Now, listen, listen. Not only did our bills get paid, our oil got changed. What if she paid off our mortgage? Now, that's really, now, what if she paid off my student loans? Come on. Now, that's another level of thank you, right? Everyone will be like, hey, wait, you want a house seat for me? You want a house seat? Why? Because now you're really, 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 really thankful. Not just, hey, thanks, wait. That was awesome. Thank you so much. You watered the plants, huh? It wasn't you watered the plants. You paid off my debt. That's another level of thank you. You know there's levels of thank you? Yes or no? Like when you came in through there and they check your temperature, hey, welcome home. Thank you. That's one level of thank you, Yes. But how about, like, I paid off your debt, your life, that, like, your student loan is like a pet. It's going to be with you for a long, long time. Listen, listen, paid off your debt. Whitney, that would be a whole nother level of thank you. I mean it, man. It would be awesome. That's not a hint. I'm not just trying to say it. Like, I, it's not that. I'm just saying, how cool is that? I would be so happy. Now, I was happy, but I'll be even more happy. I'd be joyous. Some people don't realize when King David says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. I wrote it like this. We don't realize the amount of joy we need to have until we realize the amount of debt that has been paid. Man, you don't realize the amount of joy you need to have until you realize the amount of debt that has been paid. Bible says he was forgiven little, loves little. He was forgiven more or most, loves most. If you don't love God, it's because you don't realize how much he's paid for you. Man, if you're not joyous about who or what he's done, it's because I'm sorry to tell you, you're an ungrateful, incredible person. You don't realize it. Well, I never asked him for it. Thank you very much. Dad, I didn't ask to be your son. How ungrateful would that be? You ever heard a mom say, I gave you life, I can take it away? <laughs> God really can, but he doesn't. He's here with you. I do tell Elijah sometimes, I can make another one, you know. <laughs> Keeps them straight a little bit, you know. Better be happy too. But listen, how many times do you and I go around life not realizing the joy of our salvation? Our salvation is so precious. The debt that he paid. Now, I want to spend the last couple minutes 
making us realize a little bit of that debt. Hopefully today, if you don't realize the debt in your life, that you'll be a little more grateful to God, a little more joyous with the Lord. See, because here's what happens. The first debt that was paid to you, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. So what's the debt you have if you don't have that payment from Jesus? It's called death. Well, we're all going to die. No, no, bro. This is called eternal death. It's not like I'm dead and the lights switch off. It's called eternal damnation. Churches don't talk about this no more, but I think if we talked a little bit more about hell, we would live it less in our homes. If we talked a little bit more about hell and what God saved you from, in this world, listen for just a second. People will have you believe that Jesus saved you from a bad life. He didn't save you from a bad life. Some people that died loving God had a pretty difficult life. Jesus didn't come to make you happy. He came so you have life. The walking dead is not a show. The walking dead are people that do not know the love of God. Whose spirit is not alive. The Bible says that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And that which is born of the flesh is just flesh. So you live out of the flesh. Impulse. Whatever you want. Whatever you think. Whatever you feel. Everything is about here. Feelings. We make songs like follow your heart. And the Bible says your heart is the most deceiving of things. The entire world. Who can know it? I'm asking you the question is this. Do you realize that what God gave you is not a religion? He gave you life. Bible says that he gave you life eternal. I've been to many funerals, too many to count. I mean it, too many to count. Whew, too many to count. I've been to funerals of two-year-olds. I've been to funerals of 80-year-olds. Husbands, wives, sons, daughters. I've been to all kinds of funerals. And I have to tell you this. There's a great difference between a funeral of a believer Someone who loves God, who knows Jesus, and someone who walked with God. And a funeral of someone that lies need to be told in order to comfort his family. I'm going to tell you this right here, right now. The joy of salvation is so incredible because no one else can give it to you. No one else can. Nothing else can. Literally, joy cannot be, the joy of salvation cannot be produced. It has to be given. God gave it to you. He gave it to you. Joy of salvation means this, that when my day comes to graduate from this earth, my family can rejoice. I didn't say be happy because happiness is based on happening. I'm talking about joy. Joy unspeakable. The joy that surpasses all understanding. If you read on in that chapter of the Bible, in Philippians 4, you'll understand. It talks about that. That the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. See, what joy I have today to be able to say all there is in this world, all that the world has to offer is nothing compared to what God has given to me. You know, I was looking at the presidential elections. Who hasn't been? We all have. Have you seen all the memes? <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's really, really funny. It's sad, but funny. But sad, but funny. They said if Chick-fil-A employees were working there, it would have been done yesterday. <laughs> it's really cool. It's true though. Ah, no, no. You know, they're doing their best. But I'm just saying, I don't know. But anyway, so I'm looking at the elections. I'm like, you know what, God? I'm so glad. So glad that I'm not of this world. Now, I don't mean like I'm a Martian or something weird like that. I'm talking about 
my citizenship listen is in heaven I thought you were Mexican I am but I'm a natural I'm naturalized in the United States so I can vote but my real citizenship this here this earth as beautiful as it is and as crazy as it is it's not my destination you have to get that if you don't have that reality within you you're at the mercy of whatever happens here and you live stressed out jacked up your religion is politics did you hear what I just said if this is all you got I would be stressed out too But there's something so beautiful that comes to a believer when you understand that my God, my King will reign forever. Now, it doesn't mean I don't pray. It doesn't mean I don't think. I don't, I don't, I don't really understand. It doesn't mean I'm passive or, or lazy about my life. It doesn't mean I don't study. I don't try to, you know, I don't try to grow financially to be a blessing to others, to leave an inheritance to my children's children. It doesn't mean I'm not hungry for life. All it means is this, that when life cannot satisfy, I know why. When I feel like I don't belong, it's because I know that I'm not from here. You understand what I'm saying? I know. Have you ever had that feeling? I remember I used to go to parties when I was young and foolish. I'm not a believer. I mean, I was a Christian, but I really didn't believe God. I guess I wasn't really a Christian, was I? I remember feeling like I didn't, it wasn't like my thing. Like other people looked like it was their thing, like their juice, like they were in their sauce. Like you are this, that's, that's what you are. You, you look like you belong. And something inside of me kept on saying, you're not made for this. I'm like, stop it. Yes, I am. Watch, watch, watch. I'll cuss. <laughs> It was like when Peter got called out by a teenager, saying, you don't belong here. You belong with Jesus. No, I don't. I don't watch. Beep. <laughs> That's what Peter did. And it's just a beautiful reminder. Beautiful reminder. That you were bound to heaven. Like your life is not, everything is not here. My dad died way, way, way before my time. Meaning by now, my dad, like I over, I survived my father's age already. Am I making sense? Here's one thing that I know. One day, I'm going to hug my dad. When I get to heaven, I'm going to give him a huge hug. I'm going to say, dad, did you see it? He's going to be like, yeah, I saw. That was a really good message. That one wasn't that good. That was too long. But the other ones were awesome. Hey, dad, did you see the way I try to, oh man, did you see the way I raised my kids? Dad's like, of course, I saw every part of it. Am I making sense? Like there's a heaven, it's so real. More real than the earth, than you and I breathe. This, this here is going to end at some point. But heaven, never will. Some people think that heaven is just a bunch of harps. Like angels with harps and people dressed in white. And like, oh, and it's not like that. Like heaven is incredible. If you read the scripture, heaven is not a place where you just chill with like that kind of music. Georgie, thank you. It's really good. But it's not like that. Like it is much better. There's, there's, there's joy forever. Any form of feeling of, of ecstasy or euphoria or, or excitement that you've ever felt, it's a shadow compared. There's no more sickness, no more sadness. No more, no more of that in heaven. It's just pure joy. I believe that any good thing that we have here is just like a speck of salt that fell from the banquet table of the Lord. Do you hear what I said? Any good thing, like people ask me, Pastor, am I going to be married in heaven? Like with my wife? <laughs> I'm like, why, you want another chance or something? No, no, no. I mean like, listen, listen. 
You wouldn't even want to think about it. I mean, as good as it is, this is like a tiny little reflection of what you're going to have. Like any good moment you've had holding your kids, the, the feeling that you have, the, the love that makes your stomach go like that. It's so beautiful. It's just like a tiny little, tiny little speck compared to what you'll experience for all eternity. The contrast. The Bible says that there's gnashing, grinding of teeth, eternal screaming, complete darkness, constant burning, thirst, separation from all happiness, separation from joy, anxiety. You ever felt so afraid, so afraid that your knees buckle? I have. That constantly, anxiety constantly. That's hell. And that's just the beginning of it. I don't want to keep on going because there's kids here. When you realize that God didn't just save you from uh, not smoking or from, from drinking or saved you from that car accident. God saved you. He redeemed your life. His own son had to break the gates of hell open for you. You know why? Because that was your destiny. That was your future. Without Jesus. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. Maybe you. Maybe you. You don't know my life. Okay. Have you ever lied? Like ever? No? Well, you're lying already. Have you ever lied? You know what the Bible calls that? A liar? Have you ever looked at somebody with lust? Everyone does. Well, you know what that's called? A sinner. You know what that's called in the scripture? An adulterer. Jesus says that if a man looks at a woman with lust, he now has committed adultery. Have you ever killed anybody? No. Uh, some of you guys, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Have you? I went to an encounter. 65% of the people had committed murder in that encounter. I was like, damn. But over here, maybe two, three? I don't know. You know what the Bible says? That if you hate your brother, that if you hate somebody, you've already committed murder in your heart. So now I didn't just call you a thief, a liar, a murderer, an adulterer. All these things have a wage, a payment, and that is death. And you could never pay it because you're in debt. I, if I'm in debt, I can't pay. How could you pay if you're in debt? You can't. It, you need someone with the resource to get you out of it. You know, God, in his eternal, incredible, beautiful love, had provided for you before you even knew it. The Bible says that while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. Meaning Christ was paying your debt while you were still sinning. But Christ said, I got this. I don't know how it happened. I don't know if angels talked about it. Hey, I'll go, God. No, you can't go. You're an angel. You don't have what it takes. I don't know if, if Elijah said, hey, I didn't die. I, I can go. God said, you're sinful. You can't pay for the debt. I don't know if at some point or another, Jesus in heaven said, I'll go, Dad. Dad, I'll go. And the Father looked at him knowing the sacrifice. Now, this is not written. This is me understanding the scripture in my way. I believe that Christ didn't have to. But because he loves you, he still does. He came to this world to seek and to save you who were lost. That's it. Now tell me if that's not better than coming home to greener, <laughs> to greener plants, mortgage paid, oil changed, student loans paid. All that ends. It's over. Sometime soon. That I could do on my own. But salvation, only Jesus.
You ask me why well, you should be joyous in the midst of a pandemic. Because you're saved. Because Jesus died for you. Because you have salvation. Because this world is just one more stop in the journey to your eternal glory. This is why. This is why. This is why. This is the joy of salvation. And then, it says, and then. Then, not before. Then, I'll tell sinners about you. Then, after you restore the joy of my salvation, then sinners will turn back to you. We have it backwards sometimes. Christians, we try to tell people, instead of living the joy of salvation, live the joy of salvation. I want to finish with having you stand up. Let's stand up together. And I want to pray for you for something. That I had, honestly, I had like six points on my message and I couldn't get to them. <laughs> I got really excited on the second, on the third point. But why am I telling you this? On Sunday, I want to talk about the road. How do you actually get to fully living out in joy? Like the practical steps on how to be a joyous person. Now, it doesn't mean that if your personality is just more chill, you have to be euphoric. Like all of a sudden, you're going to be like wired and just smiling all the time. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying sometimes people lean on the excuse of personality to not really rejoice in the Lord always. I know some people that may not always smile, but they're full of joy. It's so contagious. It's so beautiful. It's so attractive. So attractive. I want to tell you the road on how to get there, how to be joyous on Sunday, okay? I, I, I have it. It's exciting. I'm pumped. I wish, I wish it was Sunday already. But today, today, first I would love for you to value the, really what joy is about. Before you close your eyes, listen. Satan doesn't want your money. He doesn't want your car. He doesn't want your house. He doesn't want your family. He hates it. He doesn't want anything you have except your joy. Satan came to rob you of your joy. If he could take anything from you, it would be the joy of the Lord. The joy of your salvation. Satan hates a joyous Christian. A joyous believer is a powerful believer. Man, a joyous marriage is a powerful marriage. A joyous child of God is unstoppable. Man, but when you lose your joy, the essence is not there anymore. So Satan hates your joy. What he'll do is he'll try to supply entertainment so you don't really search after joy. So entertainment becomes a replacement that gives you temporary happiness. And you don't really realize that joy is what you've been searching after. So you pack yourself of snacks and never really be nourished. Because you're always entertained. I dare you to ask yourself, God, do I have complete joy? And I know that today is a wonderful day to have it. God will bless you with it. You have to value it. Some of you here, as your eyes, you came to this place and your joy is so precious, so valuable, but you sell it at cheap prices. Your joy is on the clearance rack. Your joy could be found on the clearance rack. What do you mean, pastor? That doesn't even make sense. Yes, it does. Listen, you sell your joy for anything. You're joyous that day, you're happy, and something happens and there goes your joy. You trade it in for any trash, any garbage that comes your way. Aaron and I have a saying in our home, is it worth our joy? Whatever can happen, is that worth the joy of our home? 
It doesn't matter who did it. It doesn't matter how it happened. Is that worth the enemy stealing or taking the joy of our home? It's not worth it. Now, it may be worth addressing, but it may not be worth keeping. Am I making sense? Because that's not going to be the price for my joy. What is the price for your joy? How quickly do you give it up? It's because you don't value it sometimes. So tonight, my plan is simple. Joy must be valued. If you really want it, on Sunday, I'll tell you how to walk the journey to remain in that place. But first, you have to value it. If you don't want it, why, why even talk about it? For real, if you don't really want joy, if you don't value joy, if to you it's just not something attainable, you're not going to want it at all anyway. I'm telling you, God came to this world to seek and to save that which is lost. But he also came to give you life and life in abundance. This God that you and I know came and wants joy for you. He's a dad who wants to see his kids happy. Close your eyes with me. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much. Because when you came to this world, you didn't just create, you didn't just make us and leave us. Thank you, dad, because you didn't abandon your kids. Instead, you want to provide it all. You want to give us everything, God. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us what we could never get on our own. Thank you, Lord, so much. Thank you for protecting our lives today. You have been so good up until today, Lord. I pray right now that everyone here will value the joy of their salvation. If somebody is not yet saved, someone may have religion or understanding or maybe agreement with you, but they haven't yet given you their lives and you haven't yet given them yours, your eternal life. Meaning they haven't received it. I ask you right now that if anyone here wants to give you their lives, that they would do it right here, right now. The Bible says that salvation is a gift. And if you don't receive it, it's not yours. This is exactly how it says. For if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. This is a time where you would tell Jesus, thank you, God. I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I ask you to change me, to transform me. Make me the person that you want me to be. Jesus, help me to value my joy. Thank you, God. But help me to value what you've done for me. And this night, this Friday night, I tell you, thank you for my salvation. I believe that you resurrected so that I too can have eternal life. Thank you for defeating death. And I understand that you alone, you alone, God, can pay my debt. Thank you for doing that. I love you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. I don't give God a round of applause. Now listen. Salvation is up to God, but joy is up to you. Decide today, tomorrow. Decide that you will rejoice. Amen? All right. I love you guys so much. And give somebody a smile even if they can't see it. Okay? God bless you guys. Good night.